we're in a series called Let Go. We're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about letting go of unforgiveness, letting go of bitterness, letting go of offense. And uh, today's going to be challenging. So let's just buckle up. Um, I kind of feel like today's sermon is like a dentist appointment. Like, you know you need it, but you don't like it, but, but you're happy after. Okay. So that's going to be kind of today, okay? But it's going to be really, 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 really good for your soul. I'm, I'm not going to be talking. I just want to preface this. So much from the idea of forgiving great hurts. Like, like I talked last week, and really those big things that have happened through abuse or through a really painful relational trauma um, and so every week is built, so I hope you'll go back to last week and the week before. Um, but today I'm going to be talking specifically about offense and um, just kind of the overall attitude and emotion of offense. And I'm going to define that for you and I'm going to help you. So um, I'm, I believe that many of us get trapped in this moment that I'm going to talk about and are never able to get free from it. I believe today's going to be a real day of freedom. So as I'm talking, though, I'm not... Um, if there have been great, great issues of pain that you have had to walk through, I am not making light of that. And I want to just make all of that very clear. We believe in counseling. We believe in therapy. Come on, somebody. We believe in... Uh, we believe in mental health around here. We don't make light of just, well, you, you need to read the Bible and you're going to be okay. Okay, we don't, we believe that God is a holistic God that heals us spirit, soul, and body. And that happens through many avenues. So I just want to make all that kind of up front. Um, but I really want to help with what I believe is uh, some real toxicity in our culture right now. And I believe that you can really get some freedom. So. If y'all will let me preach, I'm going to preach. If y'all will engage with me verbally, I'll preach faster. If y'all get quiet on me, we're going to be here a long time, okay? Because I just ate in the back, so I'm good. And some of you are hungry, so you have to wait till my next meal time. Matthew 24. Matthew 24, Jesus is showing us the... A picture of the end times. He said, this, is, this will be one of the things that will happen right before the return of Christ, the second coming of Christ. And, and, and here's what he says. And many will be offended. Wow. Now watch the progression. And will betray one another. And will hate one another. And now here's what the enemy will do because the enemy will always bring reinforcement to your dysfunction. And many, <laughs> good morning, or good afternoon, and many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. So there's offense, and then there's betrayal, and then there's hatred, and then there are voices that will reinforce your own bitterness. So that's why I'm always really leery of these kind of Facebook, Instagram preachers that put up these salty quotes that salty people love. Like, if God removed them from your life, you didn't need them anyway. It's like, maybe God removed you from their life. <laughs> like, baby, you're the hater. 
haters going to hate is like, maybe it's you. That's why you're obsessed with it. So, <laughs> okay. So, so there's the progression. And then lawlessness will abound. Then we just let go of everything. We let go of truth. We let go of the word. We let lawlessness abound. And the love, and then here's the last thing that happens. And then the love of many will grow cold. So Jesus is warning us, hey, you've got to deal with offense because of the road it will take you down. Romans 12, 17. Now, the apostle Paul tells us, never pay back evil with more evil. It just doesn't help anybody. And you know this if you've ever, if you've ever tried that. It doesn't work. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honorable. Do all that you can. Can't answer for anybody else, but do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can. So I want to preach from this subject. I'm hurting, but I'm healing. I'm hurting, but I'm healing. Jabin, why do you say that? Because I'm hurting, but I'm healing. And I think maybe I'm talking to some people today. I'm hurting, but I, but I'll, I at least want to start the process. And here's today's invitation from the Holy Spirit. We can start today. A process of healing. Doesn't have to, we don't have to fix it today. We don't have to have it done by tonight. But I'm hurting and, and preacher, I want, I want to be healing. I want to get better. I want to get healthier. I want to get... And that's, I believe, the invitation today from heaven. So I'm hurting, but I'm healing. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you. It is so powerful. It is so life-changing. And I'm praying that now that word would go out unhindered and uh, powerfully to every heart. We say yes in advance. Right now, we just open our hearts. And we're open to whatever you want to tell us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen and amen. I'm hurting, but I'm healing. Offense is an interesting, um, it's an interesting experience. I would call offense an experience because I believe that it is a moment, but it's also an emotion. Um, it's both. And you never know when it's going to show up. And if people have experienced offense, the, the dangerous thing is that it will usually put them then in the defense. And so people end up living here. They live, in, they live distanced and they live with an arm out and they live stiff arming everyone and they, they end up never receiving all that God has for them in the present because they have gone into a defensive mode. And that is one of the things, I don't want to get too psychological today, but that is one of the, the things that can happen is that from a moment of trauma, you end up living in that emotion of trauma you're, you're, you're past it physically, but not emotionally. And so because there has been an offense, there is now a defense. And, and here's one of the weird things. If you've experienced this, like I have, like mentally you can't justify it, but emotionally you know what you feel. Can we keep it real at the 1140? It's like, I know better, but I can't change what I'm feeling in my heart. And Proverbs 14 actually tells us that. Proverbs 14.10 says, each heart knows its own bitterness. Like, you know, no one knows you like you. No one knows that pain like you. That's why sometimes you can open up to the wrong person and they'll go, well, you, you just need to get over it. And it's like, well, thank you, Jesus. I, if I could, I would have, but I, I guess it's easy for you. 
So, so that's not, we want to be very gracious in this. This is not a message of you need to get over it. That's not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is healing. The message of the gospel is process. The message of the gospel is I'm going from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith, from it, but, it's a, but it's a process. And so God is very patient and is very much wanting to join that process with you. But, but it's like you know that. It's like mentally I want to I forgive. Mentally I want to get over it. But emotionally I know, I know the bitterness that's in my heart. And so, um, so I want to say a jarring statement, uh, hopefully to get some attention from you, and then, I'll, and then I want to help you. And here's the, here's the statement. Uh, you may have a reason to be offended, but you never have the right to be offended. I have a reason to be offended, but I don't have the right. Here's why I don't have the right, because it's not right. Here's why I don't have the right to be offended, because offense hurts me, not you. Here's why I don't have the the right to be offended, because if I'm offended, I will hurt myself, and then I will hurt those who are closest to me, but not the offender. The reason I don't have the right to be offended is because I'll end up bleeding on people who never cut me. I'll end up wounding people that never wounded me. I'll end up taking out on the people closest to me what someone who is not even in my life anymore did to me. So I have a reason maybe to be offended, but I don't have the right to be offended. I have to see offense as an enemy to my soul, as an enemy to my future, as an enemy to my family, as an enemy to my relationships. I have to forgive. I have to let go or that thing will grow up in me and will destroy me. And the person that hurt me doesn't even know what happened. So forgiveness is the gift I give myself. Yo. Y'all just hear me? Forgiveness is a gift I give myself. Uh, uh, if, if someone asks for my forgiveness, I should give it to them, and that may give them some peace. But forgiveness has way more to do with me than it has to do with the person that sinned against me. So, so we're talking more right now. Uh, we need to talk about it more. But in our culture, we're talking more about mental health. We're talking more about self-care. We're talking more about soul care. And I'm so happy to hear that. We need more of it. By the way, a new study came out the... The mentally healthiest people right now in America are the people who are coming to church every week. So, and, and you're like, and I'm pretty jacked up. I know. So imagine without church. <laughs> Let me speak for myself. I'm a mess. And I'm coming three days a week. You know what I mean? I'm, pretty, I'm here three times on a day. So, <laughs> I can't even finish a sentence. So, but, but. It's true because we're in this moment of, of great division and isolation. And it is the perfect storm of hell that is destroying our souls. So we, we're talking more about self-care. We're talking more about self-love. We're talking more about soul care. And I'm glad to hear that. But the greatest, maybe the greatest, two gifts you can give yourself for soul care and self-care and self-love is the gift of forgiveness and the gift of community. And I want to address those two things in, in, in detail today because those two things, if you can get out of isolation and if you can get out of bitterness, you can get better. We're talking about, I'm hurting, but I'm healing. I'm, I'm hurting, but I'm, I'm healing. Here, here's the first thing you have to recognize about, about this. Offense is a trap. 
Offense is a trap. Jesus said, verse 10, many will be offended. This is the Greek word scandalon. It's where we get scandal or uh, to be scandalized. And I'm going to define that more in one moment, but he said many will be offended. In other words, living in a consistent, constant state of offense. Okay, is that not our culture right now? Like, let's just be real. Welcome to America 2020. <laughs> Outrage mobs, cancel culture, constant fighting, disagreement on social media. It is, it is lit up in here. And one of, one of the reasons that I believe it's so, why, why social media is so dangerous, uh, you should be on it, I'm on it, we're all on it, you should follow me on Instagram. What? <laughs> it's so weird when preachers do that, like at Jamie. Put it up, guys. No, just kidding, I don't have my title. <laughs> That's so weird, right? I've literally, I guess I have some preachers I need to forgive. I thought I was good and I uh, just thought about that. So listen, listen. We're all in process. Um, <laughs> this is hitting me funny right now. That got me good. Uh, one of the reasons that social media is so dangerous to our soul when I'm talking about this stuff is that like, you used to like maybe watch the news or read something or, and, and it, would, it would outrage you and you would like call your best friend or you would talk to your spouse. It's like, can you believe that? No, that's crazy. Wow. Okay, let's go to bed. And then that's it. Or, wow, that's crazy. I'm going to help with that. But then that's it. Now what we do is we post it to people that we really don't know or love, who really don't know us or love us, and now instead of a, a couple of moments of an offense or outrage or frustration or whatever, we're now posting it to a group of people that were like, how are we even, why are we a Facebook friends? I don't even know who you are. How did this happen? And now I'm engaging with someone that I don't know. I'm engaging with someone I have no relationship with. I'm arguing with someone that I don't love. I'm arguing with someone that I'm like, I don't even know how we know each other. And... It's growing in us. So what could have been a couple of minutes and maybe a call to action turns into days and days of strife. Um, so let me just encourage you with this. You should have, you should have an informed opinion in life. From politics to culture to every, you should have an informed opinion opinion that is beyond feeling that is beyond emotion you should have an informed opinion but for your own mental health and I'm only I'm preaching to myself right now you have to you have to know when to share that opinion I have opinions about every I'm actually an incredibly opinionated person I'm an Enneagram 8 I just any 8 let's go let's go let's go my people I'm buying y'all lunch after this service let's go Those are my 8s right there Oh, uh, and we're eights because of our crazy childhood. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, anyway, we're crazy, but, but we will run you over. So we're eights. So I have an opinion about everything. But my opinions don't always build up, number one, now I'm a preacher, don't always build up the body of Christ. And number two, sometimes I just don't have the emotional, I don't have the emotional fuel to go, to go throw down on the gram or on Facebook or on Twitter and then go be the, the, the father and the husband that I'm supposed to be. Right. 
or the pastor I'm supposed to be. So I've had to learn how to just go, I have an opinion, but so, so even, even when my opinion is right, it's not always right to share it. I'm not, I'm not asking you to be a doormat. You, you know you. So you need to have the wisdom to know how much to share, when to engage. Am I helping you? Okay, this is leading now to what psychologists are calling and therapists are calling an addiction to outrage. There is now warnings, you can read on, you can read articles on it, about outrage addiction. We're getting high off the fight. We're getting high off the offense. We're getting high off the argument. We're finding pleasure in the argument. We're finding pleasure in the outrage. And we're now being warned by psychologists and warned by therapists, run from this. Because it's more destructive emotionally than we know. It's leading to depression. It's leading to these things. Because, see, here's the deal. Like, if you're addicted to alcohol, if you're addicted to drugs, if you're addicted to gambling, if you're addicted to porn, if you're, if you're addicted to these kind of things, you know it's bad for you. Like, it's bad, but you know it's bad. This outrage addiction is different because you don't, you actually tell yourself it's good. And you tell yourself whoever disagrees with you is bad. So now there's a moral superiority about it of I'm right, you're wrong, how dare you disagree, and now it, we're getting a high off of the fight. And so here we are, incredibly opinionated, incredibly isolated. This is America right now. Depression is up, suicide is up, suicide attempts are up, alcoholism is up, drug addiction is up, pornography is up. Divorce is up. Domestic abuse is up. Because Jesus said offense turns into separation, turns into hatred, turns into lawlessness. I want to help you. See, listen. Offense is a moment. Offended is a choice. Do you, do you know people that are just Offended. Offense is a moment. Offended is a decision. Jesus said many will be offended. They will live in that. So this word scandalon, the Greek word scandalon, was used in, in, in this culture as a word for a trap or bait. Now there's a great book that we could, I'd recommend to you by a guy named John Bevere. It's called The Bait of Satan. It's actually 25 years old now, but more relevant than ever. Great book if you want to go deeper in this. But this word is, Jesus said, many will be trapped. Many will be scandalized. Many will be stuck in, they will take the bait. Look at your neighbor say, don't take the bait. Come on, husbands, look at your wife. Say, don't take the bait, baby. Don't take the, come on, girl. Forgive me, girl. <laughs> you know why I say turn to your neighbor? Because for some spouses, they're like, you know, that's the first time we talked all week. Thank you. No, no, for real. They're like, you just broke the ice. Now we can. Oh, for real. Don't take the bait. So it, it, he says you'll get trapped. Offenses, watch me, keep you trapped in a moment. 
Offenses keep you trapped in a memory. Offenses keep you trapped in an emotion. Offenses keep, offenses keep you trapped in a season of trauma. That's why you'll meet people that it's 2020, but mentally they're in 2005. It's 2020, but mentally they're in 1996. It's 2020, but mentally they're in 1974. They're still stuck in a moment of trauma. And they live out of the trap. They live out of the cage. They live out of the offense. They live out of the hook. So everything they hear, every, every uh, interaction they have, every conversation they have is through the trap. Have you, have you, you I know you have. We've had these moments so far in this little COVID uh, season that we're in. You're wearing a mask. They're wearing a mask. There's some kind of glass in between you and you're trying to talk and they don't know what you're saying and you don't know what they're saying and y'all yelling at each other through the... Can I get a pound of chicken? What? Pound of chicken? What? Pound of chicken? What? Pound of chicken? <laughs> Y'all had this yet? Take off the mask, spit on all the chicken. Come on, somebody. It's like, well, okay. COVID outbreak at Whole Foods, right? So, <sighs> because there's a barrier. You know, I get people... God bless them. Every once in a while, I'll get people who say, you said this, and it offended me, and I actually said it, and I'm like, my bad. But, I'll, but the majority of the time, it's you said this, and then I'll go, no, I didn't. No, yeah, you did. And I'll go, what? no, no, I said this. And they go, oh, crap. You know what I mean? Like, dang, I thought you said. <laughs> Trying to think of like a Christian cuss word that's okay for you. It's like, Wow. Well, now y'all offended. Okay, so stop. Oh, but it's like, wow, I could have I swore you said. Well, you know, you wrote, and it's like, well, yeah, but I didn't mean that. You'll start putting motive behind people's words. Well, I know what you said, but I know what you meant. So you can read minds. Or... And we do this to our spouses. Married people. Oh, it got weird. This got super... Well, I know what you meant by, no, I, I, uh, and you'll get, and you'll get mad at your spouse and you'll hold bitterness against because, because you're trapped and you're hearing through the glass. You're hearing through the barrier. Jesus says, don't get scandalized. Don't take the bait of Satan. Don't, don't get trapped in a moment because you'll live your whole life from a place of stuck. Okay. I'm hurting, but I'm healing. Number two, you got to check your circle. You got to check your circle. Because here's what Jesus says. If you'll let offense in your heart, here's what will happen. False prophets will always show up (laughs) to reaffirm and justify your pain. But, but. Look what Jesus says about false prophets in Matthew 7, 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Uh, Not shepherd's clothing. So yes, that Instagram minister is toxic, but I've found that a lot, there's a lot of parking lot prophets. (laughs) There's a lot of toxic people that walk around going, nah, nah. but if you'll ever get close enough, 
and they smile, and you see their canines come out, and they're, and you're, oh, hey, I thought you were, I thought you were a little lamb. You don't, why are you growling? Because they look, they, they, they dress in sheep's clothing, but they're actually ravenous wolves. These are, these are people who either think or act like they are believers, but in reality, they're, they're, they've become so toxic. Jesus says you got to beware of false prophets that, that come in sheep's clothing, but they're actually ravenous wolves. You have to check your circle. Because if you're not careful, see, because like attracts like. And if you're broken, you'll attract broken. If you're wounded, you'll attract wounded. If you're, if you're bleeding, you'll attract bleeding. And the problem is, is because we're human, we will find those that justify our dysfunction. We all have the temptation to do it, so do I. To find people to say, it's okay, they're wrong. Ay, pobrecito, ay. Ay, mijo. You go, you go talk to your mama about your wife. Oh, she no good to you, baby. Come home, baby. Your mama's a little heart wolf. <laughs> you got to be careful. In other words, you go find cloaked in spirituality, cloaked in sheep fur, cloaked in, well, God just wants you happy. Well, they're, they're terrible. You're awesome. You're... <laughs> you got to be, I'm just, you got to check your circle. This is why it's so important to surround yourself with healthy, godly community. Not perfect people. No one perfect. No one, no one is perfect. There's not a perfect person in this room. I'm not perfect. But people who have the same values that want to go in the same direction, that are, that are pushing you forward and not taking you backwards, you just, you got to check it. Because if you're not, if you're not, see, I've, I've said this a thousand times. Let me say it again. When God wants to bless you, he puts a person in your life. When Satan wants to destroy you, he puts a person in your life. So I'm hurting, but I'm healing, and I need to get around other people who are healing. Not perfect, but healing. Not perfect, but in process. Not perfect, but we're going together. We're going in the same direction. Not perfect, but I'm allowing the Spirit of God to do something in my life. Doesn't mean you can't have friends who are just radically broken. I'm not talking about being self-righteous and, you know, I can't hang out with you. We're not at the same level anymore, you know. God's really... God's really taking me from, no, you're so weird, so weird. But it, but it does mean there, I may have to create a little distance. I may have to create a little distance. I don't have to write everyone back all the time. <laughs> you didn't write me back, oh. Like, don't be mean to people, but you don't have to engage in everything. Oh, I feel bad. I gotta, you gotta be, you just gotta be careful. So your circle, because there should be layers of friendship. How many know this? There, there has to be. There, there's, there should be layers to, to you. And so my circle is also trying to get healthy. 
My circle is also trying to move towards Jesus. I have friends that are unbelievers. I have friends that don't know Jesus. I have friends that are opposed to Jesus, but they're not in my circle. I love them. You can have coffee with them. You can golf with them. You can, but, but, my, but my circle, who I'm, who I'm talking about life with at a deep level, who I'm talking about my wife with, who I'm talking about parenting with, who I'm talking about... Does that make, am I helping you? Okay. So look what it says here. Galatians chapter six, verse one. Dear brothers and sisters, if any, if another, excuse me, another believer is overcome by some kind of sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. In other words, this is Galatians 6, one. In other words, hey, gently, humbly, let's talk. I want to help you. Let's get back on the right path. Let's go after God. I want to, let's, let's go out to eat. I want to. But be careful. Look what it goes on to say. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So you don't want to surround yourself with toxicity because you'll usually end up falling into the same thing. And as I'm saying this, some of you are going, OMG, I know, oh my gosh, I know who that person is. I need to be careful. Others of you are like, I don't know that person. Well, you might be that person. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe you're at that point where you're like, yeah, I've, I've had to do this. I, I've had to do this in my own life. I've had to, I've had to learn how to make some separation. You've got to check your circle. Because Jesus said there will be wolves in sheep clothing. And they will be false prophets. In other words, it will, it will come cloaked in spirituality and in religious talk and in Bible talk. And, but it's separating you. So you've got to check your circle. I'm, I'm talking about I'm hurting, but I'm healing. Number Number three, an apology is not required. Well, 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 well. Now let me start here. If you know you've offended somebody, go apologize. Let's start there. And let me teach you how to apologize since people don't know how to do this anymore. You don't walk up to someone and go, I'm sorry you got offended. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm sorry, you're weak. No. <laughs> sorry, you couldn't handle it. No. You say, I'm sorry I offended you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did. I take responsibility. No excuses. Not I'm sorry, but. Not I'm sorry, and. Not I'm sorry, but I hope you're sorry, too. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just a little relational check up there, okay? That's how you do it. You apologize. And if they go, and you know what? I'm sorry. Great. And if they say, I forgive you, great. And if they say, get out of my face, great. You, you need to do what you know you need to do, okay? But on the flip side, Paul said this, Romans 12, 18, do all you can to live in peace with everyone. You Do all you can. I can't answer for anybody else. I can just do what all I can do. I had a guy last week come up to me. He might be here. I don't know. But he said, man, Javen, that was a great message. I'm ready to forgive. As soon as they apologize, I'm going to forgive. <laughs> I said, you and me both, dog. You and me both. Doesn't work that way. Remember, forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. I remember being so offended with somebody, and, and this has become a, 
a life statement for me that the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. But I remember being so offended with someone and just, I kept telling myself, as soon as they forgive, we're good. Excuse me, as soon as they apologize, we're good. As soon as they apologize, we're going to move forward. As soon as they apologize, there's going to be restoration. As soon as we, as soon as they apologize, we're going to, we're going to move forward with this thing. And, and I just remember the Holy Spirit so gently, so kindly, but so sternly saying, you do not need an apology to move forward. Now, maybe an apology is required for the relationship to move forward. But an apology is not required for you to move forward. And I just remember thinking, if once they apologize, I'll be free. Once they apologize, I'll forgive. Once they apologize, I can get this thing out of my heart. And we've actually idolized that apology. Some of you have, have just, you've, you've put it so deep in your heart that when they do this, then I will do this. And some of you are waiting on something that will never come. It's just not going to, it just may never come. And even when it does, it probably won't be enough because only you know your own bitterness. In other words, even if they apologize, they don't know the level. Didn't Jesus say that? Father, forgive them. They don't know. So I'm forgiving you because you don't know. Not because you perfectly apologized or felt perfectly repentant, but because you don't know, I'm just going to go ahead and lead in forgiveness? That's the point. And many of you are waiting on something that may never come. And, and you're also waiting on something that will never be enough. When you already have something in Christ, watch, that they could never give. Because they cannot give you what Jesus, they cannot heal you. They cannot put you back together. They cannot restore you. They cannot heal your mind. They, can, they cannot do for you what Jesus can do for you. And many of us are waiting on a person to do for us what would be impossible. So let me give you some emotional freedom here, Ephesians 4.26, from the message. Go ahead and be angry. I love this. You do well to be angry. Watch, here's where it all comes down to. But don't use your anger as a fuel for revenge. Okay, the emotion, what happened caused anger. What happened caused pain. What happened caused, I'm hurting. And then he says, and don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Okay, that doesn't mean that tonight you can't go to sleep until you're perfectly, perfectly healed. No. He's saying you need to be in process. I'm hurting, but I'm healing. Not I'm hurting and I'm healed. I'm hurting and I'm healing. Okay, here's why he says it's so important. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Devil. When Paul describes our adversary... In Ephesians 4.27, he does not use Satan, which is opposer. He uses devil, which is diablos. It means the slanderer, the gossiper, the accuser. <sighs> when your life is fueled by anger, you have opened the door 
to Diablos. I'm not calling you demon-possessed. I'm saying you now have an ear that is open to the demonic. And now the slanderer, the gossip, the accuser gets to feed your thoughts. But if I refuse to let anger be my fuel, and if I'll let grace be my fuel, if I'll let forgiveness be my fuel, now I've opened my ear to the Holy Spirit. Say, so why can't I hear God? Why can't I feel God? Why can't I sense God? Why can't I go deeper in God? Because you have allowed an offense to be your fuel. And God is a jealous God. He's a jealous God. He's not gonna, he will not compete with the devil. He won't. They're not in competition. He won't do it. So until there's a moment of repentance that says, God, I'm tired. I am angry. I'm not sorry for being angry. But I am sorry for letting anger fuel my life. Now I don't go to bed angry. I go to bed getting healed. How many know that when you're sick, you go, I just got to go to sleep. I got to get rest. I got to listen. Oh, man, I feel the anointing right now. God is saying, you can go to bed sick. As long as you're going to bed with a commitment for healing. Because now at that moment, anger is no longer fueling me. That's what he just said. Don't let anger fuel for revenge. Don't let anger fuel you. Now as you sleep, now as we go day by day, we're not getting bitter and more bitter and more bitter. We're getting healthier and healthier and healthier. We're getting better. The Apostle Paul says, don't open that door. Don't let the devil, Diablos, have a foothold. So Joyce Meyer um, has this statement. I really, sometime in 2021, we're just going to show the message to the whole church at some point, but Joyce talks about her journey of forgiveness, how she forgave her father. Her, her father, biological father, uh, sexually abused her over 200 times as a child. And her mother never stopped it, and he never stopped it. And when she was 18, she left the house and never, uh, for, for years, was out of relationship with her parents. But God gave her the ability to forgive him and ended up uh, forgiving him, ended up buying him a home in his later years, a car, paying for all of his medical attention. And at 92, he repented. At 92, he got saved. At 92, he got water baptized. And the, the story is unbelievable. I can't go into all of it, but, um, and I want her to share it. So one day we'll just show that message. And we love Joyce Meyer so much. But Joyce had this statement as, she, as God was dealing with her to forgive her father. And, uh, and here's what she says she learned. She learned that I, I could not change how I felt. But I could choose what I would do. And I could choose how I would act. I couldn't change how I felt. I, I did not like him. Anger. I, was, I was good to be angry. But I could change and I could choose what I would do and I could choose how I would act. So she said, well, here's what Jesus said. He said, pray for your enemies. She said, bless those who curse you. She said, do good to those who harm you. So she said, that's what I started doing. She said, I couldn't answer to him, but God gave her Romans 12, 18, but I could 
do all I could do to live at peace with him. And she says now, and now Joyce is in her 70s, she goes, I am completely free. She goes, I loved my father in his, in his later years. I forgave my mother for allowing it to happen. I, she goes, I'm totally free. Because she couldn't change how she felt, but she could change what she did. And when I'm healing, I can't stop looking for the emotional change right away. Hello? Y'all still with me? Stop looking for the emo- Well, I still feel it. I know. But I'm getting better. And you're going, this is hard, bro. For sure. <laughs> but can I remind you, you are not anointed for easy. Ha, 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 ha. You were anointed for the hard stuff. You were anointed for the tough stuff. You were anointed for the impossible. You were anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit to do what you cannot do without the Holy Spirit. So God says this to the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, the words of Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect. Watch this, not in your strength. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is very hard. I feel very weak in this area. I feel very hurt. I feel very broken. But his strength is being made perfect. His grace is sufficient. What I cannot do without God, I can do with God. If it was easy, I wouldn't need God. If it was possible, I wouldn't need God. But I've been anointed for the hard stuff. I've been graced for the tough stuff. What I could not do without God, I can do with God. Jesus says in Luke 17.1, really good news, get this. It's impossible (laughs) that no offenses should come. Hello. In other words, get ready. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now he goes on to talk, verse 1, 2, 3, 4. And now here's the response of the apostles in verse 5. I love this. So they said, Lord, increase our faith. Here's what our prayer should be out of this message. Lord, increase my faith. I want to forgive. I want to let go. Increase my faith. I want to get better. Increase my faith. I need faith for the impossible. I need faith for the challenging. I need God increase my faith. I want the keys to come. I want to pray for you today. And here's the prayer. The prayer is not, I'm going to be better in the next 24 hours. The prayer is, don't don't put some goal on your emotional health that the Holy Spirit did not give you. Here's the prayer this week. Lord, increase my faith. Here's the prayer this week. Lord, your grace is sufficient. Here's the prayer this week. Your power is made perfect in my weakness. Here's the prayer this week. God, I want to be free. Here's the prayer this week. Lord, bless my enemy. Ooh, that one hurt just saying it. I didn't like saying that. 
Lord, answer their prayer. God, give them the desires of their heart. Because I'm going to do all I can do to live at peace. So increase my faith for this. I don't want to be another casualty to this outrage addiction. I want to be free. Let's begin that prayer right now. I'd ask you to just kind of put your hands out like this with me. I'm going to lead you in a very short but powerful prayer. Pray it with all of your heart. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, increase my faith. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, you heard the cry of our heart, and I'm just asking you to answer it. Lord, would you increase our grace? Would you increase our faith? Would you increase our ability to receive from you so that we can then give it away? I'm not asking today, God, to make us tougher. I'm not asking that you increase our pain tolerance. I'm not at, I don't want self-help. I don't want to get tougher. I don't want to, this is not a TED talk. We need the impossible work of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we need the supernatural, can't explain it in the natural work of the Spirit of God. That we would be free from offense that we could live in the fullness of what you have for us. Take us out of that trap, out of that cage, and into the free gift of abundant life. God, bless our enemies. Bless those who have cursed us. Bless those who have lied about us. Bless those who cheated us. Bless those who stole from us. Bless them. It hurts to pray it. Oh, but it hurts so much more to hold on to it. In Jesus' name.